0: Welcome to what the fantasy i am brandon hot brandon hey and you can find me on twitter at ab3
1: brandon hot brandon hot i like it hi my name is Zade. how are you guys doing tonight how are you tonight brandon what's happening it's been a minute i know it's great so uh just quick uh, how was your trip to hawaii beautiful it was absolutely beautiful i uh i didn't know beauty like that could exist i i really i've heard about it but uh the island of Kauai was especially the north side it was something to i you you got to go see it it's just unreal it's unreal and uh we had a really good time very peaceful r- very uh tranquil and uh you know um i wish i could do it for the rest of my life but i'm back here we're back on the grind and uh, so it goes so it goes
0: yeah i'm glad you got some uh time away and hawaii is definitely one place that i want to visit one day so I ever do. I'm sure I can ask you some recommendations. So, um, so let's just get into it. Uh, We were, you were gone and we didn't do a a show last week. You know, the trade deadline, lots of trades happened. Um, Anything that really stood out to you?
1: Uh, Nothing really of note. Um, I think the Ravens definitely got stronger on the defensive side of the ball with Roquan Smith coming over there and uh, you know, just, really setting themselves up to uh, balance on both sides, on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. I think Roquan Smith there helps their defense actually support what their offense wants to do, which has become just predominantly run heavy uh, and just destroy the clock uh, and, and steal, steal minutes away from the opposing offenses. Uh, I think that's like the most significant thing as far as offensively. Um, you know, I guess we could look towards chase Claypool going to uh, Chicago. Um, I think he could have some relevance in fantasy football. Um, the Bears are one of the heaviest run teams in the league. Chase Claypool, we've seen him used uh, on jet sweeps uh, in the backfield. I think we'll see a lot of that. Um, unfortunately, I think it comes at the expense of Darnell Mooney and and Cole Komet's, uh value. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on that in deeper leagues. But outside of that, nothing really stood out to me too much.
0: Yeah, the only other thing to me was it was interesting because I thought um, in Miami, Raheem Mostert was going to kind of be, you know, be the lead back since they got rid of Chase Edmonds. Then they bring in Jeff Wilson and, you know, just in a week, you know, they it's pretty much a 50 50 split with him, you know, only having a few days with the playbook. I know it's similar to San Francisco, but I think that was a little telling. And I think eventually Wilson could get 60% of that work, which is on a good offense, which is good. So Wilson will be the running back. I think I would want moving forward on that. And since you talked about our, our boy, Justin Fields, let's, let's just gush about Justin Fields a little bit. Um, He looks electric out there. They, uh, you know, I was talking on um, another waiver show. I don't know why the bear, it took the bears this long during the season to figure this part out. I mean, they should have been running this offense the whole season. Um, he had 178 rushing yards, had a 60 yard rushing touchdown. Um, so, you know, Darnell Mooney got, got a a touchdown, which was a beautiful pass from Justin Fields. I think the thing is they are run heavy and I don't know if that'll change the rest of the season, but I do think Justin Fields can be a good passer. I just don't know if they are equipped the rest of the year to really let that, let that show. Unless teams start shutting him down, rushing the ball, which it doesn't seem, at least through three weeks um, with him running the ball more, they've been capable of doing that.
1: Yeah, and I've been hearing people saying Justin Fields. You know, I've, it's not the greater majority of people, but I've been hearing people say Justin Fields is a trap. Defenses are going to figure him out. And you know, to that I would retort and say, well, he's been doing this for ten weeks. I mean, there's nothing new, and their offense t- doesn't have many many varied like various dimensions to it, like. It's they're running, or he's or he's running, and bar- they're barely passing. So you got you, when they run the RPO, it's not just you know, it's not just an RPO. There's also just if how well you run the RPO. And I was watching a film breakdown of how Justin Fields run the RP, run the RPO, and his body language is so good at selling the run when he's uh, when he's rolling out on a naked bootleg to run the ball off the read off the linebacker read, right. So I mean, like it's not only just, oh, he's going to run it and they're going to they're going to close him down, but he's very good at running the RPO offense. And you know, when you look at Justin Fields, like people call him, um, you know, people I've th- I've heard a lot of comps to Mike Vick, and I don't I don't really know, I, I I haven't really studied Mike Vick to make a solid comp, but I mean, Justin Fields, like he's got a very very strong lower body. He's a very strong runner. Um, he's very difficult to bring down. He's ins- incredibly fast and very athletic. I mean, it's going to be very difficult for people to s- stop him. I mean, if if a defense, if a, gift, a, t- a defense is gifted enough to come along, stop the RPO as well as the pass. We saw just uh, a glimpse of his passing, his passing attributes, his skill, <coughs> his passing acumen. You know that beautiful dime he threw to Darnell Mooney. Um, you know he got Cole Komet a couple times on the uh, on the rollout. Um, you know, he's a gifted passer, and if he has to, if they fall behind, he can do it as a passer. You know, he'll he'll make you he'll make you honest in all phases of the defensive scheme.
0: And I think another big part for him is similar to what Lamar and Michael Vick were so good at. A lot of his runs where he gets all those yards are not schemed runs. He's just escaping the pocket. Yeah. He's incredibly hard to sack. And we saw a little bit of this last year, too. He had that huge game against the 49ers last year. So we've seen him be able to do this. And I think he'll continue to to grow. And since he was a baseball player, he knows how to slide. And, you know, he does get down. And another thing that I think is overlooked is just how tough this guy is. Like, yeah. he gets beat time after time. Doesn't necessarily get the roughing the passer calls. The offensive line's not good. But um very excited to see, you know, him kind of, uh, you know, and then getting Claypool. I, I you know, some people are kind of, on the fence about it, but I mean, it's another weapon. At least it gives them something else. And uh, you know, there's the jury's still out on Claypool, but still, it just means that they're not playing their fourth receiver at you know wide receiver two now. They right. can you know it's a little more settled there, and there's more talent at least on the field for him to play with.
1: And I wanted to make another comment about Justin Fields, and like you, you alluded to it, and you said you know he's scrambling, he's not. They're not exactly designed runs, right? And it's something I saw last year. Remember, I you know, we've we discussed this. We've said, okay, Jalen Justin Fields has the, the, um, the avenue, and he has there's a path for him to have a Jalen Hurts season that the same similar to the season that he had in 2021. And it seems like it's coming to fruition. Um, you know, and primarily because like when I looked at Jalen Hurts and his runs in 2021, I believe 80 88 of them. We're not designed runs. He is running out of his own volition. Like this guy will run. He likes to run. He's very good at escaping and maneuvering the pocket. He's very elusive. And if you look at like where he is with the other rushing quarterbacks, right? So I see people saying they'd rather have Fields than Hurts. And I got to pump the brakes there. But Fields is in good company as far as running, right? So when you're looking at, say, Jalen Hurts, right? Who is at the top of the category in, in rushing, in many of the categories in rushing, Jalen Hurts has accounted for 55% of his team's rushing yards this season. Fields has accounted for 35%, right? And 55% is insane for Jalen Hurts to be accounting for that much of of the rushing production, uh, of the the yards. Um, And Fields at 35%, that's not bad either. That is tied with Kyler Murray for rushing yards, for team rushing yards, right? And then if you look at uh, team rush attempts, Jalen Hurts, he uh, accounts for 32% of his team's rush attempts and that's tied with i believe Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Now, after all those three, all those three guys, Justin Fields is second in rush in team rush attempts and he comes in at 28%. So Justin Fields like even though like no I still have hurts over Justin Fields, like Justin Fields, he's putting up su- substantial uh, rushing production. And his utilization is very substantial, and I think it's here to stay. I think we we're at the point in the season where we've seen it long enough, and it just it's just really hard for people to settle in because it's the Bears and whatnot.
0: Yeah. One last thing before we uh, move on from our Justin Fields love fest. Uh, <laughs> another thing is the Bears defense is horrible, so they're going to continually have to score, even though they run the ball a lot. It's they're going to have to you know keep on scoring. Whereas what they you know, with Hurts and not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, uh, Fields, you know, surpasses Hurts, but, you know, we've seen them when they get the leads, they just pound, pound the rock, you know, with either Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, whereas with the Bears, they're going to have to continually run that whole offense um, to score points. So another thing I brought up to you, I wanted to talk about is the two New York teams. They're both, you know, doing a lot better than we thought they would, but I think it's at least at the quarterback position, it looks totally different because in my opinion, you know, because I thought, I thought Zach Wilson was going to have a better year this year with all the weapons. Um, But the Jets are winning in spite of Zach Wilson. Whereas in my opinion, you know, watching some of the giants games, obviously they're depending on Saquon Barkley a lot, but Daniel Jones is playing really well this year. He's, you know, making good throws with, you know, scrap heap wide receivers, and everything and he's able to run the ball so i just wanted to talk about that a little bit i think the giants are more sustainable for the rest of the season where the jets if zach wilson doesn't improve i you know because they don't have Brees hall anymore so you know they have michael carter and james Robinson, which isn't gonna be the same thing and the giants still have saquon and um i think you know dable is obviously a better offensive mind and I don't know why the, you know, the news came out this week that the Jets are finally going to start using Elijah Moore, like solely in the slot, which I don't know why they haven't been doing that the whole time, because that's what he did in college so much. So what are your kind of thoughts on the two New York teams and, you know, do you see Zach Wilson improving or is this just kind of, you know, they're going to have to win, you know, these ugly games every week?
1: Um, it's hard to say if I see Zach Wilson improving. I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson. I never was. So I mean, it's really hard for me to get on the right side of Zach Wilson and have faith in him. I mean, but who's to say that they can prove? We see we see people prove all the time. Um, Zach Wilson just right now as a quarterback needs to do enough to keep their offense moving down the field. Right? Don't do too much. Throw it. Throw away the ball when you have to. Make smart decisions. Be very conservative in your in your decision making. Um, I think Michael Carter is running the brawl ball really well. He ran really well in the starts that he did have. He was very good at North Carolina. Um, he still doesn't get enough credit. I mean, when you measure it, when you, when you put him next to Brees hall. Yeah. He's not in the same class. He's in a different universe, um, but he still can keep that offense on time. If they have, a, if they have a, um, if they have a, if they have a you know a great running back like michael carter and you know they got james robinson there now and hopefully james robinson comes along and does his part they can keep that offense on time and luckily they have a defense now a defensive front and a secondary where the light bulb has gone off and they said okay it's on us now we're going to have to step it up and they're playing vicious and they're coming after it. they just shut down they just beat the freaking bills man i mean uh i think they're doing a really great job you know hats off to that whole organization and uh making it work um, they're really only one quarterback away from being a legit you know threat to the bills year in and year out. I mean they're, they're they're doing a really good job. And Robert Saleh, last year they like last year wasn't as good as this year, but Robert Saleh, you saw the turnaround right when Saleh um, took over that team last year, you saw hints of it. you saw glimpses of it. And uh, I think everybody you know ear, their ears perked up. As far as you know, and we got the, the same situation with the Giants. We got Dable doing the same magic over there with the Giants. You know, making Daniel Jones work. You know, and that's the thing with these these you know Matt Eberflus. You know, that's that's the thing with these coaches that understand how to create a functional offense around the skills and traits and the strengths of and the weaknesses of their quarterbacks. And you know, we see Daniel Jones being used as a functional quarterback and, you know, they're taking away, they're hiding his weaknesses very, uh, very smartly with Saquon Barkley in a functional run game, you know? And I think that's, you know, it's, it's also, it's also not horrible to have a strong run game this year in, in this day and time in this, in this age of the NFL. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm a big fan of it and I never knew I'd be eager to watch these offenses, but I'm so intrigued by how these coaches are making so much with so little. Right. I mean, not and, You know, not so little, but you know, it's not the it's not the offenses that we're used to. It's not like, you know, we're used to Tom Brady offenses, where they're just throwing the ball over the yard, and you know, Drew Brees' Drew Brees offenses of old, and you know, Justin Herbert offenses, and we're not seeing that. We're seeing teams running the crap out of the ball, and we're seeing them, you know, be very productive. And you know, even Jalen Hurts in that offense, they're running that they they're they're a run dominant team, they're a run oriented team. You know, that's I think that's what they are at first. If they want to open it up, they can open it up, but you know, we're. It's it's kind of like uh, I think we're going to just see this maybe for a year or two until uh, we get some fresh blood in at quarterback. And even then, I, I think next year we're still going to see run-dominant offenses, run-focused offenses.
0: Yeah, because I think you've seen, um, talking about some teams that are struggling, the the Bucks, the Rams, you know, in that game last week, neither team can run the ball, you know, at, at all. I mean, the Rams should have won that game if they could run the ball at all at the end. Um, I don't know if you saw Jalen went on a little rant because I guess when they stopped them the first time, the coaches told them to get ready because they're probably going to have to go back out there because they knew they wouldn't be able to run the ball enough to, you know, run out the clock. Uh, and I think that that's just such a big part with, you know, because passing offenses can come and go. We've seen with the Bills, sometimes when teams hit the Bills in the mouth, you know, since they're a pass-oriented team, they don't always respond, you know, as well, and they can struggle at times. So it's definitely very interesting. Um, Daniel Jones kind of reminds me a little bit of that 2017 Blake Bortles year when everything went right, you know, and he just played within himself, didn't turn the ball over. So we'll see if that turns out better for the Giants than, you know, the Jets the the next year. But, I, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised with Daniel Jones and – Zach Wilson, you know, I, I think he can only, at, at this point, he can only support one receiver and that looks to be uh, Garrett Wilson. So even if they do target Elijah Moore, you know, more, you know, in the slot, I still think there's only one viable wide receiver on that team a week. Um, and most likely it's going to be Garrett Garrett Wilson.
1: I want to ask you a question, you know, going back to, you know, we're, we're looking at, we're looking at the record that these guys are putting up. I mean, these guys are you know putting up winning records, right? So, you know they're not going to have a high draft pick most likely, like both these teams, if they keep this up. Um, so what are they going to do? Are these two teams going to just stick with Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones going to next year? I mean, what, what? Because you're more familiar with the college class than I am. So the quarterbacks, and you know I, you're keeping up with them. So what quarterbacks would you see these guys would would you see falling to these, like say Daniel Jones, you know, to the Giants and the Jets? Is there any quarterback, you know? Is Will Levis Will Will Levis is he is he good or like I don't I don't know I don't know their names dude like I don't know is are they gonna like just wait for like um you know like Hendon Hooker probably fell after like this last weekend, right? So you know there is is Hendon Hooker good? Are they just gonna end up with one of these guys, like a day two guy? Is that what they're just gonna do?
0: I would assume um I you know it's hard because I've never been big on Will Levis. Um <clears throat> he's mobile, he has a strong arm, he's highly in, you know inconsistent with accuracy. Sometimes he doesn't read defenses very well. A lot of it was um, Wondell Robinson last year, getting him the ball. And, you know, as a day two guy, I guess you could, you know, uh, I guess it depends on how it, the season ends with it. If Daniel Jones can continue on his trajectory, say he has six touchdowns to two interceptions, say he finishes with like 16 touchdowns, six interceptions, something like that, you know, and still runs the ball. I think they'll probably continue with him, but I, I think it'd be smart for them to look for someone, you know, as a second, uh, you know, a day two guy, or even, you know, a day three guy like a Bailey Zappi happened this last year with Zach Wilson. I don't see them going away from him just after two years, especially with that injury this year. There's definitely a drop off after the main two guys, Bryce Young from Alabama and CJ Stroud from Ohio state. Um, but you know, these quarterbacks skyrocket in the off all the time. Uh, I think Hinton Hooker. He's an older player. Um, some people uh, worry a little bit about that, and about um, Tennessee is a little bit more of a spread gimmicky offense. Uh, but I'm sure some people are going to be enamored by him, and he could be someone similar to like a Malik Willis that gets hyped up, but then you know like, goes in like say the third round kind of as a, a project type guy. The only thing about Hooker is he can't really be a project type guy too long because he's already, I believe, like 25, might be 26 by the time he he comes through. Um, There's um, Jaron Hall from BYU. I actually like him a lot, but he's kind of in the Zach Wilson mode that sometimes he doesn't see the easy passes. Um, He's good at, like, the tougher throws. So there's that kind of thing. And I I do wonder, too, if we're going to have it again like this last year. I think the quarterback class is much better, but – teams might not, you know, reach for those quarterbacks anymore, and they might start to fall. So maybe a team might wait till the fourth round to take a quarterback, and that's not really a death wish for that player. It just means maybe they can give him a little bit more time to develop than if they picked him in the first or second round.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of where I wanted to go with my next question. I mean, I think, like, we might be seeing something of, like, an approach to quarterback in the draft the same as – the way teams kind of approach running back where they're just kind of waiting on these later guys and saying, all right, let's develop these guys. Right. And I think we, they kind of, you know, they kind of, I guess they took their stabs at it with a lesser, with lesser talented guys like Matt Corral this year, who I don't, you know, I, I think they're probably better quarterbacks you can get in day two, of the day three of the draft this year. But I mean, I think there are more, you know, after the top two, it's def- it's definitely more of a wait and see approach and see like what comes up, what's convenient. Right. And we might see more of this. I mean, there's a lot of hungry Teams out there that need quarterbacks, right? Like uh, Davis Mills, I don't think is gonna stick. Um, you know, Zach Wilson V falters, obviously, he won't stick. Um, who else is there? There's a few other teams. I mean, I think the Tennessee Titans might need a new quarterback. Um, Washington's gonna need a new quarterback. Carolina's gonna need so there's there's teams out there that, you know, we, we might see, we might see some guys surprised. I mean, it's just gonna be interesting to see how you know the quarterback approach and the quarterback drafting you know approach goes in in the first in in over these next few years and let's see I, I would like there to be more teams that are doing more teams that approach the quarterback position and build around the quarterback the way that the giants and the jets have and and uh, the bears have where they're not forcing a philosophy on a quarterback but they're 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 being very organic with their philosophy and building around the strengths and weaknesses.
0: You know, talking about quarterbacks, and this is a guy that, you know, I I, I have a mixed opinion on, uh, but I think there's going to be, you know, um, depending on what the 49ers do with Jimmy Garoppolo, because I was talking to someone too, because I think, you know, with all these weapons that the 49ers have, he's a friend, for at least for me, he's a fringe quarterback one for me the rest of the way. Just because at floor, as long as he just gets the ball to them, he should have like 240, 250 yards, a couple touchdowns at floor, and he could do much, much more because Christian McCaffrey isn't a Derrick Henry, you know, come to the goal line, so they're going to throw, like, swing passes, angle passes, you know, wheel routes to him, but it's close, so Jimmy G's still going to throw it. Ayut's starting to look, you know, good, and you know what they do with Debo. So I'm interested what the, you know, how Jimmy ends this season, what the market is for him next year, and what the 49ers decide to do because. If, say, they don't win the Super Bowl this year, but they make it further, and it's not Jimmy's fault that they lose, you know, for once. It's something else. I wonder what they do next year with Trey Lance coming back and deciding what to do with Jimmy.
1: I mean, it's – I've – I've always been very skeptical about Trey Lance and, you know, it really isn't like, there isn't really, you know, rocket science to it. I mean, he's a small school guy. I mean, he's not a developed quarterback and, you know, quarterback is that position where that requires the most development. There's so much processing that goes into the position. There's so much that is demanded from the position. And, uh, you know, I guess it gives Trey Lance another year to sit and study and learn. And I think, honestly, I think he needed it. Um, I, I think he'll stick stick with the team and I, he'll probably be in the running and they'll probably have some camp battle going on with him but Jimmy Garoppolo um I don't know what his contract situation is. Do you under, do you know what his contract situation is going to the end of this year?
0: No, I'm not totally sure about it. I know they restructured it so they could keep him. I mean obviously that was before they knew he would start.
1: Yeah. If if Trey Lance like I'll, I'll just we'll just speak simple terms. If Trey Lance could develop, he would be so much better for that offense just because they are a very run oriented offense. And if you add another dimension and of of the run game, and especially given Trey Lance's athleticism, um, he's just like a, he's just, he's just a, he's just a, you know, crazier version of, I think Justin Fields, you know, with his athleticism. So, I mean, you know, just get him going, Um, you know, just keep it simple for him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey there, Debo Samuel there, hopefully Debo Samuel stays next year. Um, Trey Lance would be a better fit for that offense. I don't think they need a Jimmy Garoppolo running that offense. Although it doesn't hurt a nice pocket passer who can keep, you know, a game manager type. That's fine. But, um, you know, I, it, why not take it to the next level in San Francisco? I mean, you have these amazing pieces around you. You have, you know, Debo Samuel, who's a yak monster. You have Christian McCaffrey who's the best running back in the league. I mean, we've, or, you know, the best running back in the league as far as all phases of the position go. I think it's, christian mccaffrey so yeah uh I, I think it's probably better for them to let jimmy garoppolo go if they can and i don't know what he has left on his contract but i'm sure a team out there will be willing to eat up his contract especially if jimmy garoppolo takes him far into the playoffs and you know again builds on that resume of you know maybe they win maybe they win they may maybe they win a one playoff game and he has that on his resume and say hey look here's a quarterback who's won a playoff game who's gone to the playoffs was familiar who's played in the super bowl i mean look he's done he's done all that He's gone to the Super Bowl, right? And, you know, he's a play away from winning the freaking Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, when you put him up next to like other quarterbacks who've gone to the Super Bowl, like Jared Goff, you know, I'd rather have Jimmy G. Um, he just seems like the much more competent quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Jimmy G has a bright future. So, why not?
0: Yeah. And it's going to be um, interesting too with the whole Packers debacle, um, you know, dude. Does someone make a play for for Rodgers at some point? And that's you know in the off season. Um, back to you know them drafting that quarterback in the first round of you know Jordan Love. Um, I you know the the Packers really have you know they're in this situation because of themselves because of their crazy drafting and they've had two amazing quarterbacks that have kind of saved you know saved them from some questionable personnel decisions. So it'll be in, interesting uh, you know with that. And i um, kind of, you know, wanted to get your thoughts. The last thing on the Colts craziness about them hiring just Saturday. Um, do you think, do you think uh, they're going to shut down JT? I just don't understand any of the thoughts of what they're doing. Um, they bring in Matt Ryan and then just like kind of say, all right, the experiments over after like five games, let's throw this quarterback in. That's obviously not ready. The offense is ho- horrible. Um I just don't know where that team's going. I
1: I think well I mean I think this comes down to two different you have you have a, what what you have what the front office wants to do and you also have what the coaching staff wants to do and the players want to do and the players want to win you know and, and the players aren't they're not stupid they understand that they're 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 burning it down they're trying to they're trying to tank really hard but the players still want to go out there and win nobody wants to go out in the day and lose no matter what you have going against you nobody's trying to purposely lose at what they're trying to do and you know these players they want to go out and win JT he doesn't give a shit he says. You know, he wants to go out there and win. He wants to play. He wants to help his team win. There's love for the teammates. They have love for each other. You know, they want to go out there and help them win. Sam Ellinger or Matt Ryan be damned. It doesn't matter. Um, in You know, the front office wants to – you know, but, like, it doesn't matter, though, because, like, with, with teams like the Packers and the Colts, like, they just – you know, the Colts, I think, are better at acquiring players. You know, and well, when it comes to the draft, they're probably better at drafting players. But, you know, it's just – you know, they – fine tank they're tanking but i mean like it's just like what what are we what are we doing here like are you guys gonna are you guys gonna build properly or what happened to the what happened to the offensive line i just don't understand what happened to the offensive line right they went
0: bad so fast what happened? Went, you know, they used to have one of the best offensive lines yeah which it was too late for that because they needed that offensive line with andrew luck yeah and they beat him down so much that he just didn't want to play football anymore right and um, um yeah it's 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 a crazy situation because back then they had good receivers and then they kept on drafting receivers felt or in the first round when they didn't need him, they needed offensive linemen and then they finally figured out they needed offensive linemen. Um, I am sad because I did make some trades for Jonathan Taylor earlier in the year. And, you know, with the injuries and just, you know, not being effective. It's, it's kind of a, a lost year on, on his part, you know, fancy wise. Um, so, and I'm just interested too with this longer season, will teams start to set guys when they start to, you know, look like they're they, they, they can't make the push for the playoffs.
1: You know, I think if you're playing in dynasty, you know, it's it's I think if you're playing in dynasty, like Jonathan Taylor, like if I had Jonathan Taylor in Dynasty, I'd want them to sit him because I don't want them, I don't want him taking any more damage, right? Like I, I'm right. I'm over it. You don't want you don't want it and you gotta figure something else out, you know, as far as your fantasy team goes. But I mean, I, I'd definitely be trying to acquire him. I wouldn't want to sell him unless it's like, you know. I heard somebody say, "Get if you can get 25 cents on the dollar for Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, to a win." And I just don't understand that. Like, maybe in a redraft, yeah, but in dynasty, hell no. You don't want 25. You want to hold that guy. You want to you want to go into the next year, and you know he's one of the he was an elite running back. Obviously, we all know that. Um, you know, an ankle injury doesn't mean that he's not going to be elite in the future. We, it's just it's it's also like uh, Brees Hall, right? Brees Hall had a nasty uh, knee injury, he had ACL injury, but he's young enough. To where he could hopefully make a, a good recovery. And I've gotten some pretty shitty offers for Brees Hall, uh, you know, and I'm not selling him. I'm, 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 I'm going to keep him there and use and have him be part of my rebuild that I'll just throw, I'll use, you know, he'll be part of my rebuild team next year. And, you know, same goes for Jonathan Taylor. I wouldn't be selling him at all. I'd be trying to acquire him everywhere right now. I'd be trying to acquire him everywhere.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally uh, agree with that. Yeah. You, you definitely shouldn't sell players like that. look, it could be a Saquon Barkley issue like last year, you know, injury played, they, you know, and then this year he comes back healthy and look, you know, he, he's back to his own self, one of the best running bats in uh, fantasy football. So, so definitely with that, um, any, any uh, last thoughts before we close out tonight?
1: Um, I just, you know, I think we're getting to this point in the season where it's just really important to, you know we're we're all trying to make a run if you're if you're in the running and you're making a run i think it's very important as far as like fantasy football goes to be aggressive and be very clear about what you need on your team and you know and not keep speculative pieces if you need to add you know if you need to add it for need um you know i think getting guys like Deshaun Watson on your team are really good moves right now i think like it's time to cut bait on certain players that just aren't you know, we've been waiting for pan out. There aren't going to, I don't know. I think it's just very, it's important to be aggressive and understand what you want. Right. Like if you're a four and five team and you're in the running, if you're a four and five team and you're in, and you're in the running, like just go after the guys that you need for this week and get your W right. And move on to next week and get your W right. And just keep adding pieces to get your W and don't, and if you need to drop a speculative player so you can get your W, just get your W like, just keep going one at a time. And my advice is, Don't look at everybody else's standings, right? Don't worry about what the other teams are doing because you're just going to freak yourself out and you're going to make some bad decisions. You say, oh, he has more more points for, who has more points for, you know, and head-to-head, you know, all that kind of stuff. So just kind of just focus on your team, get your W, move on to the next week. And, you know, hopefully before you know it, you'll be like, you know, safely unlock, clinch the spot, and, uh, you know, just one, one week at a time.
0: Definitely. And one of the players that I know we both liked in the preseason, Jalen Warren, um, you know, it, it sounds like he might start to get maybe, you know, some more carries. I'm interested to see what the Steelers look like after that bye. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett kind of said that the offense kind of had to um, get on the same page. So maybe, you know, with Najee getting less carries, maybe he's a little more fresh, you know, but I I would really interested to see that. And anywhere that Jalen Warren wasn't picked up, I've been trying to pick him up. Just, you know, in speculation, if they ever do shut down Najee this year or if it's kind of split right there um, because he looks explosive. And especially in Dynasty, he looks like someone that um, could be kind of like a Khalil Herbert type thing where, you know, if they see enough, they'll get him some touches and everything like that.
1: It's just amazing. Like Jalen Warren, just it's good for this guy, man. I'm really I really want to see him, and that you know, I have him on my fantasy teams as well. I know you have him on your fantasy teams. But I just want to see him play some goddamn ball, dude. Like, I've been wanting to see this guy play ball, like, ever since I first saw him. Like, I wasn't familiar with him pre-draft, but once he was drafted, you know, you notice his name comes up as a UDFA. I'm a big UDFA guy. I love UDFAs. I love an underdog story. And uh, Jalen Warren, you know, just watching his college tape, his final season in college, it just, you know, it just, it was just beautiful to look at. And you just sometimes want to see some guys play some football, man, and just give him some touches. Let him go. Let's just see what he can do for one game. Give him some yeah. opportunity for one game and the offense could probably just look so much more different. Like Najee Harris is like, he's fine, dude. But like defenses know how to stop him. Like he's not fooling anybody. Right. And I don't know if, I don't know if it's because he's kind of injured and he had the ankle injuries early in the season and the off season. Um, but you know, Jalen Warren is just a more explosive player right now. He can break tackles. He's elusive. He can, he can catch, he can do so much. Right. And just, just get him going. So I'm excited. Him and Rashad White. Um, you know, I want to see all these guys, I want to see all these guys go. I'm sorry if you can hear my cats fighting in the background.
0: No, it's fine. Yeah, de- definitely. You know, that will close there, but I will say too, um, I was pretty high on Jalen Warren pre draft I couldn't believe he didn't go undrafted. Some of these running backs that don't get drafted, I, you know, that, that play well. Um, you know, it just confuses me sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll have a, another exciting week, week, week 10 in the NFL. So uh, that'll do it, uh, do it for this week. So uh, yeah, again, I'm Brandon Hay. You can find me on Twitter at hayb3.
1: I am Zada uh Hot Bre- Brandon Hot's co <laughs> What'd you say in the beginning, Brandon Hot?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I was like hi instead of hey. I don't know. I forgot how to say my name. <laughs>
1: <sighs> That's twice where you've had like a rough intro. Remember last time we did it? I you know, know. I
0: know. I need to. <laughs> maybe I need to start practicing. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh good at the good night everybody. Uh, uh yeah. See everyone uh next week.